morning crypto good morning warriors hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel good morning crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics from the top crypto research team in the world i'm your host abs joined by several of my friends this morning we got the funniest italian in crypto also known as the top crypto researcher and influencer on the planet, Mr. Johnny Crypto is in the building. Welcome back on this Monday morning. He rocks a silver chain and is an expert in nodes on the blockchain, the fastest growing defender in all the crypto space. Mario, the node defender, is joining us. And we have the most joyful member of our Wario family and a millennial version of Kathy Woods, Jackie the Junior Goliath, is in the house. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing Kathy Woods, CEO of ARK Investments, has a bold price target for Bitcoin, and we break down what it's going to take for us to get above seven figures. Joe Biden announces formal Ripple advisor to the vice chair of supervision at the Federal Reserve, allowing Michael Barr to regulate the nation's largest financial institutions. XRP to the moon? I think so. Fidelity Investments with over $11 trillion in assets under management creates two new crypto ETFs, opening the floodgates for over 40 million investors worldwide. And we show our listeners a world map of central bank digital currencies and the countries that are leading the way for global development. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So on this beautiful Monday morning, I'd love to kick it off by just saying hello to everybody. We'll start off with Mr. Johnny Crypto himself. How you doing, Johnny? I saw you put out your first YouTube video this weekend, so congratulations on that. How was your Easter? <laughs> Good morning, everybody. How are you today? My name is Johnny Crypto with a K, and I'm wishing you all a good day. Yes, uh, it, it was an interesting weekend, Abs, here at the household. Everybody recovering. We try not to get together too much, but... Uh, yeah, so I had some free time. I said, ah, let me get a little YouTube video out there. So if anybody's interested in learning how to make some money on uh, baked beans, they're not your grandmother's baked beans, but go check it out. And uh, you can see uh, what we've got going out there for, uh, for for these new miners. I did. I, I think Jackie froze. We might have might have lost her. I hope not. But yeah, it was a um, so it wasn't a, a typical family get together weekend, Easter weekend, but. We tried to make the best of it. How about you guys? How were your weekends? How was your Easter? Had a fantastic Easter. My family came down and visited, so I got to see the puppy, which was nice. We have a nine or a, a year and a half old French bulldog, so it was really cute to see her. She's like nine pounds. But we'll kick it to the node defender next. Mario, how are you doing on this Monday morning? I'm doing amazing. Great intro from Johnny Crypto as always. Good morning. I love to hear that. So, <laughs> so it's such good energy. And also you, Abs, just... Everybody in the chat always asks, do you guys work out? Do you take some pre-workout before coming on the show? I mean, no pre-workout, but coffee, right? <laughs> coffee. That would be <laughs> pretty just some aggressive. good energy. <laughs> if I was drinking pre-workout this early, it'd be a rough day. But Jackie's back on the podcast. We lost her for a quick second, but I want to say hello. So good morning, Jackie. How are you feeling on this Monday? Good morning. I feel great. Everything's going great besides that little hiccup. Day will be better now. <laughs> 100%. And we're happy to have you as always. So we'll kick this thing off the same way we always do by showing our listeners the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto. We've got 545 followers on there. 
and growing every day. We know we're going to break a thousand. I'm going to follow Robert Kinasaki real quick, and then we'll hop into the Bitcoin fear and greed index where we are in extreme fear this morning. I'd love to kick it to Johnny Crypto and get some comments. We know what we always say. Extreme fear is a possible opportunity for accumulation and extreme fear is a possible execution of our exit strategy. So Johnny Crypto, what are some of your thoughts on being back in extreme fear and how are you feeling about the market today? You know, as I've always said, I actually prefer the fear zone. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I like it because I don't have to really worry much. I, I kind of feel like, the bottoms are kind of close and they're just opportunities to continue to accumulate more um, as we just sit and wait for the next leg up. I think the, the reality is I think the market dynamics have changed here. I've been saying it for a while now. I think we're sitting here and we're looking at a, a completely different operation. I think 2013, 2017, you can almost forget those those historical patterns because I think, you know, you have different players in the game now, Abs. And so we have to learn what this new pattern is going to look like moving forward. But it does seem to feel like, you know, somewhere in this 38 to 40 ish is where Bitcoin feels like it's bottoming out. And you see a lot of the other coins have kind of found their bottoms, Cardano in the 90s, XRP in the 70s. Yep. So, you know, I actually draw some comfort into seeing those hold. I like seeing those lows hold every time we come back down. So, yeah, for me, the fear right now zone is more of a buy zone, as I've been saying. I've been accumulating a little bit here and there. I buy Crow every week. I also get uh, WTK now is one of my favorite ones. I'm trying to pack my bags more with that one as well so you know you just got to use this as buying opportunities when you when you see technologies out there that you like and it's awesome to see us holding this this range i know it can be difficult because we've been in a short-term bearish trend and we're holding that thirty-eight thousand dollar range but that actually keeps me fairly optimistic because we had a lot of people predicting price targets as low as twelve thirteen thousand dollars i never bought into that just because of all the institutional buying and all the real world use cases that are being made not only for bitcoin for the rest of these cryptocurrencies. So with that being said, we'll hop into the total coin market cap today. We're showing $1.82 trillion in global market cap this morning. We've got Bitcoin sitting just below 41% dominance. Ethereum is around 20%. Bitcoin is sitting below $40,000 this morning at $39,300. Ethereum is below 3K at $2,900. XRP is 75 cents. Solana below $100, lots of bearish price action across the board. And it's like Johnny Crypto always says, these bearish price trends are possible opportunities for accumulation. So we've got Cardano at 90 cents, Terra Luna at $84, Dogecoin at 13 cents. We hear Elon Musk talking a lot about the use cases he wants to implement for Dogecoin. I think it's totally funny. It's a great meme, so I'll roll with it. Kronos is below 40 cents. And we'll scroll down to Stellar and HBAR here. Stellar is sitting at 19 cents and HBAR at 18.8 cents. Wow, guys. These are some great opportunities. We'll kick it to Jackie. Is there anything you're watching in the market this morning? And do you have any comments on HBAR? Um, I don't really have any comments on HBAR, but I was going to ask you to look at the top 24-hour uh, gainer. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just curious. Right here. Millenni Millennium Sapshire, whenever that is. No, does it do like by like I don't know, not not like the really really crazy coins. Yeah, you have to sort maybe by. Uh, by you don't want to do the shit coins. You got to sort by yeah. by volume or maybe by. Um, I got no experience with this market cap. Either way, what were you gonna say, Jackie? 
I think I think the top gainer is GMT right now. I think it's up seventeen okay. percent while the rest of the market's done. That was that was gonna be my point leading in. My bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, up seventeen. What is that? Sixteen and a half, seventeen percent. Man, when the market is blue and sad and well red, I like I go to those coins. I'm stepping like a fool with that little app. So I just want to throw that out there. You know, while while the rest of the market's down, you could still be making money with that little step and sneaker. That thing, that thing is like the sunshine to my cloudy days. Um, so what are some of the gaining opportunities, Jackie, that you're making with the step and project? Like, what are some of the rewards? Um the rewards, I mean, they have a lot of like in-app rewards as you're as you're using the game. So you they give you different incentives. Right now, they actually have an Easter thing going on where if you're using the app, um, they give you an extra like you have the ability to gain an extra shoe box, which could be another sneaker, which then could like help you in your reward earning. Right? They pay you out in the community token GST which then you can trade into, you can trade that into Solana, you can trade it into um, USDC and, you know, just hold it in the stable coin. So, so that's why, I don't know. It's, it's depending on how many sneakers you earn or how many sneakers you own and how much energy you spend on a daily basis, like within the app and stuff like that. I mean, right now you could be making, if you just had one sneaker, you could be making, I want to say, could you look up GST? I want to get this right. I don't want to just like yell out a number. GST. GST, yeah. Oh. Okay, so it's it's at 4.30. So yep. I want to say, I mean, you could be making anywhere from like just starting off, you could probably be making like $20 to $30 a day. Just starting okay. off for walking, for walking, mm-hmm. Every day for walking for like 20 minutes outside. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. Cool. And that is starting like starting off at like at the at the ultimate like low level is once you're in the app and continue to play, like if you played as much as Tones played on a daily basis, now you would honestly you'd be earning a lot more, which is good. Yeah, the problem when I wear one sneaker, Jackie, is I tend to work walk in a circle to the right. So I don't know. <laughs> so I, I need to figure out how to get two sneakers. That's awesome, guys. So we're going to hop into this first tweet for today, which is the Bitcoin held on exchanges is at its lowest point since August of 2018. This is something Jackie and Selman are always talking about, that there's the lowest level of Bitcoin on exchanges. And this is really, really bullish for the market. So with this bullish news, we're going to hop into a clip here from Kathy Woods, showing her Bitcoin price targets for the next five years. You know, it's somewhere between 2026 and 2030 is where we think that million dollars from $40,000. I don't think people believe me when I said it on stage last week at Bitcoin uh, 2022, uh, but I meant it. And many people think, okay, so you're assuming that institutional investors become huge holders of Bitcoin. No, we're not. We're assuming, though, that they will move in gradually. And uh, by the time we hit a million dollars plus, uh, they will have a two and a half percent exposure to Bitcoin. That's something fascinating to me because we always talk about institutional adoption being a huge catalyst for the Bitcoin price going forward. I'm going to start off with Johnny Crypto here because you're a huge Michael Saylor fan. And he currently already owns a half a percent of the total circulating supply of Bitcoin. What did you think about Kathy Wood saying it's only going to take two and a half percent total market supply for these institutions to push Bitcoin 
over a million dollars by 2026 to the 2030 range. You know, I love listening to these uh, super intelligent people because they, they help you understand the inside market dynamics, you know, that it takes. And so we know that obviously Bitcoin got pushed up pretty high, you know, into where we're sitting now today. And that was what one, one and a half percent that drove it. So, you know, now that that's being held and off the market, you know, if it's only another one and a half percent, that that's that is a little surprising to me. I ain't going to lie. I thought it would have taken more. But if that's what she believes it'll be, that'll be interesting dynamic to see. And I'm sure we'll be tracking it. And we'll, we'll follow out if that's the case. We'll follow it to see if that's the case. But I do believe that you hear a lot of people talking. Not even in the hundreds, hundreds of thousands anymore. You're starting to hear all the elites talking in the millions, which which is interesting. You know, and again, if it's somewhere in 2025 and beyond, we know we'll have the final halving in Bitcoin. I think in 20, I think 2024, we get the final halving, right, Mario? I think it is 2024. So Bitcoin is definitely going to have another boost up. And then from there, now it's going to be in a whole new world, Abs. It's going to, you know, never have any more coins made. You're going to have all billionaires fighting for it. You're going to have regulation by then. You're going to have institutions by then. So, no, it won't surprise me if we see Bitcoin on its way to a million, you know, million dollars. I, I won't be surprised. I'm just going to be pissed off if I don't get enough of it right now. So exactly. I, will, I will definitely start pushing, you know, as I get profits, I'm going to start putting some into Bitcoin. Not that I'm a maximalist at all. I don't own any, but I'm going to diversify, right? Diversification is the key. And um, I'm in like 30 something coins, but I don't have much Ethereum or, or Bitcoin. So I will be definitely adding those to, uh, to the portfolio over time. I'm with you, Johnny. And for my strategy specifically, I think I didn't value Bitcoin enough for the long term. I actually, so we can tell people what we do. So I bought Bitcoin at $9,000 and I sold it at $55,000. And it's not that I wish I had held my Bitcoin, but I actually used those profits to buy a bunch of altcoins. So now I don't have that liquidity accessible to buy additional Bitcoin. I basically have to start from square one. So I think one of the things I didn't realize was that the 21 million in total circulating supply is going to be more and more of a factor going forward as more investors in the retail space start using cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin, as a store of value. Wanting to buy your Bitcoin and just sit on it for multiple years or multiple months is the most important thing in this market. And I think as more investors are awakened to the fact that we're going into that six-figure, seven-figure range, the approach with Bitcoin isn't going to be to buy, to buy it and, and use it or use the Lightning Network or use it at some of these companies. It's going to be to buy your Bitcoin and put it in cold storage or use it as a passive income stream to accumulate more cryptocurrency. I'd like to go to the node defender here. What are some of your thoughts on a seven-figure price target for Bitcoin? Um, I, I I think I see where she's coming from. I do believe that could be possible at some point, uh, but I just don't think it's going to happen anytime in the near future. Um, I personally am not expecting an all-time high for, for Bitcoin this year. Um, I'm not really making my plans according to that. Uh, so I think that the all-time high for, for last year is going to be until the next bull run. 2024 is going to be the next halving, but we are still going to be having, we're, we're still going to be, Bitcoin will still continue to have halvings for, for a while. 2024 is going to be the next one. This weekend, I saw I saw some information come out about a record number of, I think was $1.2 billion worth of Bitcoin outflowing out off of Coinbase into cold wallets. And a lot of people are calling that to be a bullish thing, but it depends. If there's people buying, that's a bullish thing. But if, if people aren't looking to buy, then that necessarily doesn't mean anything. So, um, you know, it, it is good to see that Bitcoin is leaving off exchanges uh, because that indicates 
that there's people don't have an intention to sell. But if there's if people aren't really looking to buy Bitcoin, then I don't think that's going to drive the price up. So, yeah, it's kind of a, an, an uncertain right now. The, the market doesn't really know where it wants to go. I'm with you, Mario. And I think Bitcoin just continues to become more valuable as they print more U.S. dollars. And we go into this rapid hyperinflation. We're already seeing eight and a half percent. I've already said that I think we're going to be way beyond double digits. By the end of this year, we could see 11, 12 percent inflation rates. And I think everyone on this channel is basically prepared for that. We're going to start with Jackie on our next article because we have Robert Kinasaki here. The author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad warns of hyperinflation and the depression are here. He also warned that the biggest bubble burst in history is coming, advising people like us to buy Bitcoin, gold, and silver. I'm not a huge advocate of the gold and silver. I've already talked about that, but I know Johnny Crypto is, so I'd like to get some thoughts. The author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad gave a series of warnings regarding the U.S. economy on Friday, and he says that the author is recommending buying Bitcoin before the coyote wakes up. I'm not really sure what he meant by that. But the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, told baby boomers retirement funds will soon be stolen as the $10 trillion in fake money spending is coming to an end. He called the U.S. government, Wall Street, and the Federal Reserve thieves. He said, be careful, a recession and a crash is coming. And he's been reiterating these things. We have a couple statements from other CEOs and hedge fund investors down below. But I'd like to start off with Johnny Crypto and then go to Jackie. What are some of your thoughts on what he's saying about inflation coming in quickly and Bitcoin being a key part of avoiding that? I mean, you have a lot of the elites telling you this. They're all telling us. They're all saying it out loud. They're saying it publicly. I don't know what the hell else more people need to hear or see. His interview with um, Danielle Cambone on Stansberry Research was very interesting because not only did he talk about buying silver and gold, he also talked about uh, getting into uh, Solana. So he's buying Solana. He thinks it's a it's a it's a spot to grab it early. Uh, he thinks that's going to be one that can take off. But what was really interesting with that whole interview was he kept he kept talking more about buying cans of tuna than anything else. And um, and primarily because what he was saying and he's spot on is you know as he believes in silver and gold really is the really only true mechanism of of, of money. And um, and as you know, he he believes a, a can of tuna make up to twenty five dollars, and that means silver will be about two hundred fifty dollars. Um, at the end of the day, if the world goes to shit, the reality is you can't eat your silver, right? But you can eat a can of tuna. Now, whether you put it in oil or water was the question, and we'll see which one he's going with. I personally like my tuna in oil, uh, but I'm Italian, so just olive oil and tuna, they just go together. We do everything with olive oil. But anyway, I personally, yeah, I would be buying some tuna. Actually, I prefer mackerel. It's so much healthier for you and tastes better. But um, So I'll be loading up on tuna cans. Silver, gold, and, and probably not so much. Johnny, silver. don't forget your tinfoil hat. <laughs> I that. It's in the back there. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's awesome, man. I'd like to go to Jackie next. Jackie, what are some of your thoughts on what Kinasaki had to say? And are you betting on hyperinflation coming in in the near future? Yeah, I definitely think it's coming. And I honestly, I don't um, disregard what Johnny Crypto is saying. I, I definitely believe in that. And I've actually, I, I actually agree right along those lines because if, if, you know, if shit really does hit the fan to that point, people aren't, people aren't going to be bartering with gold and silver because most people don't have that, you know, they're going to be bartering with things like, I want to say like coffee and cigarettes and stuff like that. Things that, that people kind of have, you know, their need for those types of things, big, big Food. fixes, right? Food. Food. 
food, food is number one. Food is number one. But I'm talking about like if you're like you know down to the down to the bare minimum, and we've been in this type of living situation for a while. Like I'm kind of thinking of bartering with things like that. So if we get to that point, right, where it, it does become super super extreme, but yeah, I would definitely. And I, we've even talked about this within the academy. I know we've talked about it on our calls before of getting you know, getting some supply of, um, yeah, of food and water. That's, that's something that my mom is definitely kind of in the, you know, down that rabbit hole. So she's been buying beans and rice for us for quite a while. So I really appreciate that. And it is, you know, it's, it's better safe than sorry for sure. But yeah, I do think it's, I think it's coming. I agree with you, Jackie. And the only argument just to take a, like a contrary opinion here, the only argument I have about this, this hyperinflation in this crashing of the current system is that they they run the current system, right? I'm not sure they're ready to crash this thing until they have the foundation laid for us to jump off the cliff and into their net, right? So what I'm really waiting for is all these institutions, banks, hedge funds to have laid the foundation for where retail can move into digital assets through a central bank, digital currency, or other means. And I'm not for this. This is not something that I'm advocating. It's just what I see on the horizon. I think it's a natural progression of the financial system we're in now. We're seeing central bank digital currencies already being implemented all over South America and in Asia. We're seeing it in, in, uh, entangled with a social credit score in China right now. Just to talk about what's happening in China, they have drones flying around using facial recognition software that are directly finding your central bank digital currency account if you're found out of your house at unregistered hours. So this is like a dystopian reality over there that a lot of people aren't even talking about. I know Johnny Crypto and Mario are going to have thoughts. Johnny, can you comment on the China situation real quick? You know, it's pretty disgusting. I was watching a video yesterday over there, and they've got – you don't see this stuff on TV, right, so nobody's aware of it. But they have literally have just tons and tons of these small little trailers set up, and people are thrown in there, and they're being forced to live in there. You know, they call them COVID concentration camps and all these other types of things. The, the control mechanisms that are coming are so disgusting. Topian, it's going to, Americans aren't going to fathom it because we're not used to it and we don't believe it's possible. Americans don't think the stuff, <coughs> excuse me, that's going around the world can happen here. But the reality is it, it will, and it'll be a sad day when it comes if we don't wake up and we don't rise. And that's what all the elites are trying to warn us right now, guys. It's fight. Now's the time to fight for free. Uh, well, good thing is Americans have the fight for freedom in their blood, or they used to. Our older generations did. I know. I don't know if this current generation does. It doesn't even know if it's a male or female anymore. But we do need that spirit back if we're going to really maintain who we are as a nation. Because the elites are going to pull the rug. They're going to wait for everybody to get on the rug, like you said. Absolutely. They're going to yank that son of a bitch so hard and pull everybody off of it and disrupt our worlds like we've never seen before. And so having food supplies, having gold, having silver, having crypto – really are the, 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 the main things that you see all the elites doing. And that's what we've been saying we're doing too and promoting. And that's about all you can, you can do at this point. So yeah, it's really disgusting what's going on over there. And it's not just China. It's also Australia. It's New Zealand. Go look at these countries. Apps. It's, it's brutal what's happening. They're yanking people out on the streets. They're giving them vaccine shots forcefully. They're doing all these crazy things. So it, it really is, um, it's a sad, yep. it's a sad thing what's happening around the world, folks. Wake I'm up. I'm with you, Johnny. And if you guys are enjoying this content, please show us some love and smash that like button. I see we got a special guest who just popped in backstage. 
For the first time on American soil, we have a Bitcoin and a, and a chart analysis expert, Selman G, also known as G Investing, has made a guest appearance. I'm going to pop him on stream right now and welcome in, brother. We're happy to have you. Hey, guys. So much fun here in Arizona. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's a blessing. Welcome yes. to America, brother. Welcome. Like Eddie Murphy. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's so cool. JV is right here. We got Dustin, Brenda, Josh, everybody here. Kevin. Oh, God. It's a nice. Awesome. I'm going to meet Jackie very soon. It's so crazy. And I know. Guys. I'm like, I need to get over there. We got we to gotta wrap this up. No. <laughs> <laughs> and for people wondering, we're all going to be out there on Wednesday. Our, our Freedom Conference starts. We have rehearsals on Thursday. The actual thing on Friday. This is a huge week for us. I had family down for Easter, so it's just been jam-packed. I hope we're going to keep that high high vibe and high good energy. I'd like to get some comments from Mario and then Selma. We're just going to tune you in. I don't know if you're going to stay, but you're more than welcome. We have statements from Jamie Dimon, Jack Dorsey, and former Treasury Secretary Larry Sommers, all warning about hyperinflation coming and the crash of the U.S. as the world standard for wealth. This is very interesting because these are not only U.S. citizens, but they're very prominent in technology and hedge funds as well. We'll kick it to the node defender here, Mario. What are some of your thoughts on the crash of the U.S. dollar impending? And show us some love and smash that like button. Smash that like button. <laughs> Just don't, don't, don't smash it. Like literally, you'll break your screen. Don't do that. Like <laughs> click it. <laughs> um, yeah, hyperinflation. Look, I, I've been seeing a lot uh, in. I've been seeing this in my local community. Like it, it's happening, and and I see the small businesses are hurting. Um, me being a small business operator, you know, I talk to a lot of different people and um, they're hurting and they're certainly noticing that something is, is different with the economy. And honestly, this feels, it's starting to feel worse than when we were during the pandemic days. Um, Cause during the pandemic days, like when it first happened, we had that pump from, uh, from money stimulus essentially. And that's not really happening as much right now. So there's a lot of people that are in a limbo essentially Middle class is getting wiped out because middle class is not really getting the help from the government. The lower class is, so they kind of, you know, stay afloat. But the middle class is not really getting help from the government, and they're having to pay more for gas, more for food. I mean, more for everything. Um, I was talking to a friend, and he was telling me that one of his coworkers drives about, uh, I think, twenty-five miles daily to get to work, uh, wow. and. So, well, sorry, 25 miles each way. So it's like 50 miles daily. And now it's getting to a point where it doesn't even make sense for him to do that anymore because it's just too much money that he's spending in gas and it's not worth it. So he's considering, you know, relocating to another job. It's crazy. It really is crazy. And I think it's so interesting that you brought up the middle class, right? Because that's the first thing to go when we experience hyperinflation is the middle class actually suffers more than the poor. The poor are are already in a position where they need that enforcement, that reimbursement, but we see the middle class be deteriorated through a wealth gap. And it happens very quickly. We've seen it time and time and again in the 90s, in the 70s, in the 40s. And now we're experiencing that in 2020. I'd like to go to Selman here and get some of your thoughts on what's taking place globally. This is much bigger than America, and I'm sure you can speak to that. Yeah, of course. I mean, inflation in Europe, especially in Germany, is also very high, especially when you go grocery shopping. Stephanie, excuse me if it's too loud here and here, but everybody's no, super that's okay. hyped. Um, but yeah, I, I. the funny thing is back, you know, uh, two years ago, people thought, okay, all of the reason, like the reason why prices go up is because of the pandemic. Everything's ready. Yeah, everything makes sense. But now after the pandemic, there is no real pandemic anymore. 
and now you know everybody lives with the real inflation now with high prices and it's not going any lower that actually scares a lot of people and this is unfortunately due to all the money printing all of that uh, i can only tell you guys it's probably going to get worse yes but um you should start thinking of buying into assets and this is the best part i literally had a, a like small talk with jv and he said like i am buying into this and buying into that i was like dude people should really know about like uh, people don't really know much about like buying into assets it's good. this is just like Ken Mack mentioned, everybody mentioned, 20, until 2023, 2030, 2030, yep, I got it. Guys, this decade is the, the decade of assets, You asset accumulation. You want to get into assets. This is all I can tell you guys. And we heard Kathy Woods reiterate that at the beginning of this episode, Selman, we brought them a, a clip from Kathy Woods saying that this is the decade where all of this happens. And this shift is instrumental to the future of finance. There's no way that we can continue the fiat system we have now. And the only logical explanation is to roll us into this digital system through a catalyst. And Kinesaki talks about that catalyst being a massive stock market crash. And what he's hedging against this crash is gold, silver, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana, which I thought was interesting because that's a banker coin. But Kinesaki also warned that the government will try and seize all of our cryptocurrencies. So I don't want our listeners to take this word as gospel and, and saying, we believe this is what's going to happen. This is just one perspective from a prominent figure, and that's why we're discussing it here. I'd like to get some closing thoughts from Jackie before we continue. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, just right along with what they were saying, I definitely believe that it's coming and assets are are the way to go. Um, it, as far as like tangible things as well, like land and I mean, if if that's obtainable, um, that's another kind of um, thing coming down the grapevine that I, I've been seeing a lot of comments here about, you know, the farmers um, paying the farmers to kill off the crops and things like that. That's a lot of um, narrative that a lot of, you know, people are seeing whether that's true or not depends on you know who you're listening to another big narrative is about you know um real estate things like that that governments are buying up all real estate to push that agenda 2030 you'll own nothing and be happy so that's another thing hold on you know they say hold on to your bitcoin hold on to your ethereum hold on to your land assets are key um to the survival of you know of your your kind your your people I'm with you. And we have 180 listeners out there right now. And I'm sure a lot of them are going to be affected by this next story. President Biden announces formal Ripple advisor as pick for Fed vice chair of supervision. This is a game changer, guys. With the Ripple SEC lawsuit going on, we're continuing to see former Ripple employees getting hired by our federal government and even appointed by the president. The vice chair for supervision seat at the Federal Reserve has been vacant since October of 2021. And now they're rolling in Michael Barr, which is a huge announcement because that is a formal Ripple Labs advisor. Barr was on the board of Ripple from 2015 to 2017, and he has strong support from across the political spectrum. Both the left and the right agree that this is the correct move. And as do I as a former, as, a, as an XRP advocate, he understands that this job is not a bipartisan one, but one that plays a critical role in regulating our nation's financial institutions the vice chair of supervision plays a critical role in protecting our financial system and must prioritize strong financial regulation, identify and stay ahead of the risks of our economy. This is instrumental 
for the future of our economy. And it's very interesting to see a former Ripple employee take center stage here. Who should we start off with? We'll start off with Selman. What are some of your thoughts on Ripple, a former Ripple advisor, being hired by the Federal Reserve? This is crazy. The moment I've seen that on Twitter everywhere, I was like, well, goosebumps because like all the research that Code JV did, that we all did, now coming to fruition is amazing. And now, and the part is, you know, it's not just any cryptocurrency, you know, uh, employee or something. No, it's not like a Ethereum developer or a Solana developer. Nope, it's someone from Ripple Labs, right? So this is a huge news. And we we're talking about how Ripple is connected to many central banks. How like um, we're talking about like a cryptocurrency pro project or a company basically, you know, uh, partnering with the World Economic Forum. And now you see one of their employees is now nominated for this, this special, you know, an honorable role. This is this is not something that, you know, just to see, you know, it's fun and then, you know, uh, move on. This is an important, serious uh, act, you know. That's why I, I, I personally believe something big is going to happen. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. And you know what's funny is that he was actually a Ripple employee while they were, quote unquote, selling unregistered securities. Johnny Crypto, with the most experience in this stuff and having watched the game for the longest time, what does this signify to you about what's taking place in Ripple and the role that they're going to play with our federal government going forward? You know, I've been telling, I've been saying this for the longest time. The elites have a plan. They play chess. Okay, guys, there's a board. They know all the players. They got all the moves and they slowly move their pieces in place. Um, you know, uh, move by move, right? And this is just another move towards where we believe they're going. And of all people, you pick somebody from the Ripple company or contacts from Ripple to be the vice chairman of the treasury. I mean, this, this, if you're an XRP or if you're a Ripple person, this has got it. This is super exciting, right? It's exactly what you want to see from the academy here. We're not surprised because we kind of been saying for the longest time that we think that, you know, the Ripple technology and XRP has been the chosen one behind it all. Um, and so it makes sense if the Treasury is going to be running with the CBDCs and they're going to use XRP Ripple as their rails. No surprise that somebody from Ripple is here because at the end of the day, I've been saying this all along. It's never what you know. It's who you know. These guys all know each other. It's, it's all the contacts. It's connections. So this is all about the connections, right? And now we've got a guy from Ripple who's on the board. There's a reason why they chose him. We won't know the reason, but I'm pretty damn sure we have a good reason why. I'm pretty sure we have a good feel of why he's sitting there. And for me, with our bags packed with, with XRP, it, when I saw this news, this just made me super excited. Um, it's exactly what I was expecting to see at some point as these pieces come into play. I still think we're a few years away before they switch to flip as, as abs likes to say. <laughs> um, and I don't think it's going to be just a flip switch. It's going to be some kind of maybe slower process as we transition into it. Um, once all the pieces are in place, but yeah, this is just another part piece moving in place for end game. So I don't like where the game is going, but I'm definitely invested into it. It's the only thing we can do at this point. Abs is invest in the rails that are going to control us. And we see the ripple ties with not only the United States federal government, but federal governments around the world getting deeper and deeper. Ripple's partnered with the Digital Pound Foundation. We have Rosie Rios, who if you pull out a $100 bill right now, Rosie Rios' signature is on your $100 bill. And it's and she's also on the board of directors at Ripple now. You can just continue with the connections, but you brought up 
something really important, which is the central bank digital currencies, which we're going to show you guys a global map of all the countries that are either working or have already implemented a central bank digital currency. And when I think that system is in place, that's when we get these real humongous 589 price predictions for a, for a cryptocurrency like XRP or Stellar. So we'll go to the node defender here. And then Jackie, do you guys have any thoughts on this article at all? And what do you see as some of the biggest risks to the US dollar going forward? Well, you just mentioned one of the thoughts that I was thinking about, which is the fact that Rosie Rios, Rosie Rios is part of the board of directors. Um, that's a huge, that was a huge sign when it happened. And now just seeing another ex board of, uh, person that was in the board of directors join this position. I think Ripple is very well positioned. Uh, for those of us that that um, have been already researching, you know, Ripple and, and XRP as a whole, we kind of see all these connections. We see all these clues that, that are being left as far as the involvement with Ripple going forward. So I think it's inevitable. They they're making really good really good advancements in in the uh, in in the space, and I think that as soon as the even even the SEC case, it's it, it's it more and more gets positioned in a way that the SEC isn't, or is, I don't think the SEC is going to win. <laughs> first of all, I mean, they, if they do, they got to have something up their sleeve that nobody's expecting, which I don't possible. think the SEC believes they're going to win. Right. I don't think they want, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even look like they want to win. will win. It doesn't even look like they want to win at this point. Right. But, um, but yeah, unless I mean, it's totally possible that they have something that nobody's expecting, but things have been unfolding in a way that it just keeps favoring Ripple more and more. I'm with you. And I think it's so interesting. We're going to actually cover some updates in the SEC lawsuit. That is our next article. So it's great that you brought that up, but I'd like to kick it to Jackie here and just get some closing thoughts. Oh yeah, that was those same thoughts, same thoughts. We can go on to the next one. Perfect. Right, yeah, I, was, cool. I was reading another chat. <laughs> That's okay. So our next article is a surprising development in the XRP lawsuit as the SEC decides to end a discovery phase with Ripple. A top crypto influencer, Jeremy Hogan, is covering this story. The top regulator has made an unexpected decision in their lawsuit. Jeremy, Hon Jeremy Hogan says that he couldn't be more surprised at the SEC's decision to end its discovery process, which is the point in the lawsuit where both parties exchange information otherwise not known or readily available so the SEC has basically done their deep diving on what they perceive to be their largest arguments in this case. And almost nothing would have surprised Jeremy Hogan more than them closing this out in such a timely manner. They've done nothing but delay, delay, delay. And here we're actually seeing some progression. So Jackie, we can start with you if you'd like. What are some of your thoughts on what's going on with the SEC case here? And are you surprised that they ended this uh, deadline for discovery here? Yeah, that is a little shocking just because I think the last time we kind of talked about timelines and things like that, we were talking about how long this would draw out and that, you know, that was kind of, it, it seemed to be the plan that they just wanted to draw this out even longer. So I guess that is a good thing, you know, um, whether that is just because the public is getting very antsy about the situation and I don't know, I don't know, you know, what's going on behind the scenes, but to me, that's a good thing. You know, the closer we come to a decision, the closer we come to, um, I mean, the closer we get to, you know, what we're, what we're planning on, but again, you know, don't, don't go all in on one side. There's definitely, I, you know, I'm always cautious I, though, though we see, though we think we know the exact outcome, you know what I mean? There's always loopholes and things like that. Things that strings that other people are pulling. So definitely be prepared to see some, something, of unexpected, right? 
A hundred percent. And Johnny Crypto, we're going to go to you next, but I thought it was so interesting that the SEC is flip-flopping on the Hinman emails as well. Jeremy Hogan covered this year where he said the regulator had previously argued that Hinman's speech was his own personal opinion. And now they're saying that the SEC, that Hinman was speaking for the SEC during that time. So we're seeing tons of flip-flopping. We're seeing the delays going on, but now we're seeing an end to the deadline discovery. They're not deep diving for any new information with Ripple. What does this tell you? It's about goddamn time. It's about freaking time. We This thing's been going on for way, way longer than it should. It's about damn time that they're realizing, like, okay, let's go ahead and let's move to the next. I'm excited. I really want to get to the next stage of this thing. They've dragged this thing out as long as they could. Obviously, they found everything that they believe they can find. And so now they're ready to move to the next stage. The funny part is they're so screwed with the Hinman stuff. Regardless of which way it is, it doesn't bode well for them. They're screwed either way, whether it's his own personal take or now they're saying it's it's the, the agency's take. If it's the agency's take, they're really screwed because he basically said that uh, BTC and Ethereum were not securities. And Ripple did nothing different. So they're screwed at the end of the day. But they, they know this. I mean, this thing is, again, the elites control everything. Everything you see is political theater. This is all planned. It's behind it's WWE, right? These guys are best friends behind the scenes. I bet you Brad's probably having drinks with, with Gensler in the background, right? They go off for drinks after the match kind of a thing. But when the match is on, they're, they're playing their roles. They're doing their thing. They got to make it look good, you know, make this look real. But the reality is they'll bring regulation with it. And that's, frankly, that's all I care about. That's what I want. I want regulation to come because – for this market to really, really take off and become a true credible market, we need regulation. Everybody has been saying that. All the elites know it. The institutions know it. And they're just sitting. I think I saw a stat the other day that the most money is sitting on the sidelines in our history than ever before. That money's going to go somewhere, right? And when regulation comes in, a good chunk of it's going to come to crypto. That's music to my ears, Johnny. And I think it's so funny that we're seeing all of this stuff happen at the same time. But you brought up something that Kevin O'Leary brought up, which is that regulation is going to open the floodgates for liquidity into cryptocurrency. It's going to be a huge bullish indicator. And people are publicly coming out and saying that that's what they're anticipating. So that gets me excited. But I'd like to go to Selman on this topic next because we have so much interesting stuff going on with Ripple, whether it's the lawsuit, the Federal Reserve hirings, or the institutional adoption, the lists go on and on. And that doesn't even mention the XRPL, uh, the new protocols that are being built out over these next few months. So we're going to see massive amounts of liquidity flood in through the NFT space. So what are some of your thoughts on what's going on with XRP? Because you are a technical analysis guy and we are sitting at 75 cents, but we're bullish. Yep. All I can tell you guys, especially off topic, to watch uh, JV's video today that he... Uh, posted and what he's going to post tomorrow we we had a little conversation tomorrow's video is going to be super important please watch that and all i can tell you guys is also about the sec lawsuit case i'm watching uh the series house of cards that i can recommend everybody if you haven't watched it and i'm trying to connect the dots and pretty much it feels like you know the house of cards topic is kind of like what's happening to ripple right now so that's why you know you, you might want to watch it it's cool and now coming to um talking about the um, tech and technical analysis part. All I can tell you guys is I am um, currently certain that the full moon phase that started this Saturday is going to be bullish for the markets. Now, of course, we have some um, bearishness right now that I can show you my screen. And uh, so, which is, yeah. which is, of course, really important to know. 
Um, awesome. And we always talk about this, Sam, in the moon cycle. So I'm, it's great that you're going to give us some insight here. But can you remind me between the full and the new moon, which one is bearish and which one is bullish? Full moon actually signals the bottom is in. It tells okay. us, hey, the bottom is in and now it's going to go up. So, uh, of course, we have a two weeks time frame to see the bottom. But usually what happens is like it happens two days before, or a couple days after the moon phase. So we haven't seen it yet. But um, what I'm super bullish on currently um, is... Of course, the overall market right now, because of the full moon phase, I think I shared my screen. Let me see. Sorry that it took so long. That's okay. Um, oh, no. Sorry. I My apologies. It doesn't want me to share it on this MacBook. Okay. That's fine. I, I got to tell you um, what's happening right now. So currently, Bitcoin is, XRP is currently hitting, um, going to find support probably at 72 cents. 72 is a great support zone. So between 70 and 72 cents, uh, we got rejected at an important resistance zone, which was 78, but that was like um, actually foreseen. But um, once we get that 70 cents support, it is actually an area where you might want to take risk and uh, accumulate again. We're just hoping for a W pattern for Bitcoin and for XRP in this case. So 70 cents, 72 cents should be the bottom, hopefully. Let's hope that this is the bottom and we can form a W pattern. If that's the case, we can actually see more, um, you know, another price appreciation back up to 80, 85 cents. But here's the deal, guys. Um, volume overall in the whole markets is decreasing. This is um, something we need to focus on. Uh, once, you know, we see more stability, more trade vo trading volume, you know, coming in, we can actually um, hope for more price appreciations. But as of right now, the market is really in the size of even like check out JB's video. And of course, tomorrow's video, it's in detail telling you um, what, you know, the, the things we should worry about. And yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Simon. That was awesome. And if you guys are enjoying this content, show us some love and smash that like button. If you'd like to learn more about the cryptocurrency market or get access to anyone in this group, the best place to do so is at the 3T Warrior Academy, where we deep dive on all this material and we just take it to another level in there. I would not be recommending this stuff if I didn't think it was valuable. This program specifically changed my life. I went through it about two years ago, the 120-day challenge, deep diving into JV's videos and a lot of the information that's on our platform we continue to evolve, so I'm really excited for what we have in the works. And, of course, we have the Freedom Conference this week. But I would like to kick it to our next article we have here, which is the Central Bank of Brazil confirms it will run a pilot test for its central bank digital currency this year. This pilot will be executed during the last six months of 2022. And we had the president of Brazil's central bank say this is a way to create currency digitalization without creating a break in the banking balance sheets. This project should have some kind of pilot by the end of this year. We're seeing the banks roll into cryptocurrencies, roll into digital assets. And I'm really interested to see what blockchain that these central bank digital currencies will be transferring value on. But before we get comments from the group here, I would like to show a global map of the development of central bank digital currencies taking place around the world. We have China already having a piloted CBDC. We have Russia already having a pilot. We have the UAE and Saudi Arabia here using a central bank digital currency, guys. And who is lagging behind? It's America. We're only in the research phase. We're only looking into retail. This is, this is not a good thing because these other countries are getting a head start on regulating and navigating this specific market and rolling retail investors into CBDCs. I am not an advocate of CBDCs, 
but we understand this is the natural progression of our financial system. So I'd love to start off with Johnny here. Johnny, what are some of your thoughts on what's taking place in central bank digital currencies across the globe? We get another update from Brazil. We've talked about Japan. We've talked about China. When are we going to see some developments in the United States? And how do you think this is going to affect people like us going forward? Well, first of all, this is no surprise. If you're here at the Academy, you know this. We, we were talking about this a year, year and a half ago where we had said that we saw, we had heard in the background that the uh, U.S. government is planning to take a back seat to this and letting the rest of the world lead on this. Um, and you actually heard Jerome Powell come out and actually say that. He came out and was talking about how we were going to sit back and move slow, right? That was all a bunch of horse bullshit. That was just their way. At the end of the day, what happens is whoever leads this 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 um, new movement into crypto, right, is going to have that first mover advantage and, for, and, and will be the, the leader of the future. And we know who it is. We know who's been, been gifted that, right? We know China... Ha, is the new superpower coming? Go watch the Ray Dalio video. He's also telling you China is going to be the next world superpower. The U.S. will be passing that baton off to them. This is it. You're watching it, Abs. It's happening right in front of you. The passing of the baton has happened. This That chart you just showed with the U.S. map, that should not be that way. The U.S. normally would be loaded with with, with research, you know, with uh, with dots in it. And instead, it's plain, it's empty, it's flat, it's disgusting, right? But it's all by design. We are no longer, they're moving us into um, the next, you know, superpower leader, which will be China. They want China to be the leaders because the Chinese, you know, I hate to say this, but it's just a fact that they tend to be more submissive, the Chinese people, to the government. They are, the, the authoritarian control is already there. So what better way than to let China be the world's superpower and then start to promote its rule, the way it rules its people throughout the rest of the world, right? Because that influence is going to happen. And that influence is going to spread from China throughout the rest of the world. And every all other countries are going to start to do what China does and control its people. And all the control systems that you just talked about, Abs, those are all going to be the norm when you have a superpower. The superpower gets to dictate how the world operates and become the norms. And, you know, America has been the superpower for years and you've seen Western influence go throughout the world. Well, that's coming down and now you're going to see Chinese influence happening. And that's why that map shows China so far in front. How many how many did we say last week? How many 18, maybe 20 provinces or cities in China are already using a CBDC? And 261 million Chinese consumers. We don't. And how many U.S. how many U.S. are using it? Zero. Because we're not even there <laughs> yet, right? So this is by design, guys. I hate to say it, but the reality is we, in our lifetimes, unfortunately, we are seeing the passing of the baton from us being the superpower to China being the superpower. It's coming. You don't have to like it. You don't have to believe me, but the writing's on the wall, folks. So do the best you can to prepare yourselves and your families. And as I pull up this map of global countries that are adopting this stuff, what really sticks out to me is that a lot of these countries are almost totalitarian or <laughs> communist in some way, shape, or form. We have China, we have Russia, we have the UAE, we have South Africa. But what's interesting is that we have Thailand. Now, this is not a, a communist country. This is a democracy. We also have the Ukraine up here already piloting a central bank digital currency. But what I'm really interested to see is who are the rails that they're going to develop these on? Will it be Stellar? Will it be XRP? And how can we get some indications of how they're building this stuff? We may even see HBAR. We have a Kevin O'Leary clip we may get to. 
where he's telling us that HBAR is being built out for central bank digital currencies. Selman, love to kick it to you here and get some thoughts on global adoption of CBDCs. Yep. It's, it's for me personally, I'm, I'm super against CBDCs, but hey, this is inno innovation and it will happen. You can't avoid it. Um, but here's the deal. You've seen what happened in Shanghai, right? They have a lockdown again. Social credit score is a real thing there. And people who were, you know, going outside, even they weren't supposed to uh, through CBDCs, they basically just um, limited their, um, you know, they, they, they stopped their bank account and freeze it. And that, that's a huge, huge risk you have. And this is something we all should, you know, focus on. Of course, digital payment is like, I'm also using digital payment every every time, but like CBDC is a different, like it's on a different level. So, yep, we need to um, live with that now, unfortunately, because this is innovation. We're going towards that. Maybe we can find ways to uh, find, you know, see, we should seek for opportunities in that field. But when it comes to these countries you brought up, Especially, you know, for example, I know Turkey is also um, doing some research, but uh, far ahead um, compared to um, the United States. Actually, I'm super scared of, you know, you see they, they're starting building it in developing countries first. They want to see if that's like how, how they can implement it, um, how they can have a very uh, fluent transition. And then eventually the European countries and um, United States, of course, as the um, economic power, is going to you know adapt it but unfortunately you see um there is like a, um, a research actually on the economic system and they've seen that uh, in the past the last couple of hundreds of years the economic power shifted from um the from the asian market to the european and you know the western countries and at the end uh, united states right north america but now they see that it's going to shift. This is a cycle. It's going to shift back to the to the uh, Asian, uh, let's say, you know, to Asia, Asian countries, China leading, of course. So and they want to delay it as much as possible. They know it's inevitable. You can't change it. This is like the how cycles go. This is, you know, not by design. This is like nature. This is because we are saturated. Now it's time. They are hungry. They want to become successful, and at some point, it will come back to us again in maybe hundred, couple hundred years. But the the, the thing is, the, uh, they want to delay it because they know China is getting stronger and stronger, and that's why probably it's um, um, you know it's it's different. They're um, far ahead of us, and this is also a big concern. You guys need to know, like America, thank God they haven't started CBDCs yet, but once that comes to us. Uh, it's going to be different. It's definitely going to be different, but you're not going to feel it immediately. You're going to feel it over time and you'll see, wow, what a huge shift. They're teaching you slowly. Getting, you're getting used to the transition without even noticing it. But once it happens, once the adaption is, you know, adoption is like 100% done, you're going to see how, uh, what kind of uh, legal rights or freedom you've lost uh, because of that transition. So all I can say is, guys, um, the 182 people watching this right now, you guys are very early. You, you guys are the ones learning this really uh, like pretty much before everyone else does. So that's why you have the chance to um, change it, change your your mindset, your like your portfolio, everything and get ready for this massive shift that's happening.
that's a perfect way. And we'll just end the CBD discussion there because you just covered it on all spectrums. That was beautiful, Selman. We're going to hop into our next article where Fidelity's Investments launches a crypto and metaverse ETF and says we continue to see demand. So Fidelity Investments with over $11 trillion of assets under management is launching an exchange-traded fund focusing on crypto ecosystems and the metaverse. We have a very interesting quote here where it says we continue to see demand particularly from young investors for access to rapidly growing industries like cryptocurrency. Now, these two funds, neither will actually hold crypto assets. So they're investing. The first fund is investing in the broader spectrum of digital asset ecosystem, which is mining, trading, blockchain technology, and digital payment processing. While the second fund will focus on the development and manufacturing of metaverse projects. So gaming technology, wearable technology, the actual software and engineering that goes into this stuff behind the scenes. And these both of these ETS will be available this week on April 21st. Huge updates from one of the largest institutions on the planet. We'll start off with the Node Defender. How do you feel about this adoption? And what do you think people like us can take and use to our advantage from an article like this? I think it's another sign that, you know, these technologies that are being built do have a use case that they are being adopted. And, you know, the companies and investment firms like Fidelity, they just add to that. Um, reassurance. So it, it's, yeah, not too much to say, not too much to add. It's good to see that that they're being recognized. Um, some of these technologies, a lot of people might think, oh, that, you know, to what extent is it going to be adopted? I think that, you know, Johnny Crypto talks about this all the time as, as far as the, the the gaming space, you know, the kind of the kind of growth that the, the gaming space can still have towards blockchain and towards play to earn is massive. So it's good. It's, it's a reassurance to see them doing this because it just, it makes you see that, um, well, it makes you feel sure of the things that we've been talking about. I'm with you, Mario. And we're going to see more and more of this going forward. So it's interesting to see the largest hedge funds on the planet. Johnny Crypto, why don't you close us out here on Fidelity, opening up these two ETFs and specifically mentioning gaming and wearing wearable technology. I mean, you know, this is exactly you know, I, I kind of pat ourselves on the back a bit here. You know, as you all know, we created a company called Phoenix Crypto Assets. And what we do is we invest in the metaverse. Why? Because we know this is coming. Um, you know, we've all seen the movie Ready Player One. We all know where it's headed. This is where the elites are bringing us, right? To have everybody trapped in this world where you have this mask on your face, right? You're no longer around humans. You're no longer talking and sharing ideas. But you're living in a fake world and a fake reality, and you're spending all your money and giving it to them, right? And you're earning these social credits in that world. And if you don't listen and do what you're supposed to do, you're going to get penalized. It's going to be a really shitty world to be in, to be honest with you. Um, but I do want to address something because I like engaging with our audience. You know, there was a question about uh, gold and silver and where to buy gold and silver to protect yourselves. Um, if you don't, unfortunately, if you're like this this person here, Jelly, and you don't have a, a local coin shop to buy from, which I do, you can buy online. Um, there's a place called JM Bullion. That's where I used to buy online um, until, and, and they insure everything, and you can go there. So you can go Google it. But in the academy, <laughs> Coach has a contact as well. And if you come to the Freedom Conference, it's a great time to pump the Freedom Conference, guys. Um, if you come to the Freedom Conference, there will be a gold and silver person there this week where you can buy from so there'll be contacts you'll be able to make uh, contacts with that person access to them and how to get it and that's where folks in the academy have been buying their gold and silver from i believe the guy's name is i think it's tom but um but anyway you'll get to he'll be there 
And um, but if you're part of the academy, there is access and links on how to reach them. So definitely look at look into that because uh, you definitely want to have some gold and silver in your bags. But yeah, not awesome. surprised at all. Absolutely. And we're gonna close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise! Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. Let's Ooh. go, monkeys. We got them. Yeah, I'm feeling like the second.